0: Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place.
1: 5, 4,
0: 3, 2, one. Welcome to the Alan and Aaron 4 yes. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Alan and Aaron.
2: And good evening, everybody. It is Friday, September 9th, 2022. This is the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio podcast. And tonight we've got a loaded program for you with a lot of talk of uh, NFL football, which got off, uh, off to a start last evening. Great game between, uh, of course, the defending champion Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills. We've got all the uh, big games on tap for this weekend, including the Monday night uh, game. And, of course, uh, college football is uh, in week two here tomorrow, and we'll talk about some of the matchups we saw uh, this past week in there as well. We've got some baseball news, obviously some rules changes that are coming uh, into place here in 2023, and uh, just a lot of stuff to talk about. MVP in the American League, may as well throw the MVP in the National League in there as well uh, as we talk about a lot of this stuff here tonight. and. We don't have a full program, of course, without having Alan. So Alan is with us here tonight. Uh, good evening. How are you?
1: Doing fantastic. Thanks you for asking. Really glad to be on another show of the Alan and Aaron Sportsbook Radio Show. Excited about tonight's show.
2: Absolutely. And uh, certainly want to thank our excellent sponsor, Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Uh, we certainly love uh, Chef G and what he has uh, provided here for us. And, of course, Um, We just uh, had Labor Day weekend this past weekend. Hopefully uh, everyone got a chance to get um, some of that flavor that he provides there in his delicious barbecue sauces. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about him a little bit later on as well. So um, let's get right into it here tonight. A lot of big stuff going on. Um, Before we go too much further, though, um, we here at the Allen & Aaron Sports Talk Radio podcast wanted to uh, pay our condolences to uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, passed away, unfortunately, yesterday at the age of 96. Long life. Uh, she actually loves sports. Um, I'm sure she would actually love the entertainment of our show, uh, Alan, but we wanted to, to uh, certainly um, you know, send along our condolences to the royal family and, um, you know, obviously everyone who, uh, who knew her. So we'll take a moment of silence here uh, before we go any further. All right. So we'll start here tonight uh, with uh, game one in the National Football League. And the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, the first game of the season is on Thursday night. Uh, It's the the kickoff classic, whatever you want to call it. It's Football is back. And I tell you what, both of us got this one wrong. We both were looking at uh, the Rams as defending champions, getting their rings, playing first game of the season at home. And it was a close game in the first quarter, quarter and a half, and then suddenly Buffalo got on a roll. Tell me your thoughts on the way that game went last night. I apologize. We may have a little bit of audio issues with uh, Alan's microphone. So we will – move on here and we'll have him back momentarily but uh, in the meantime we have a great guest on the line that will be uh, our good buddy Lou and uh, Lou uh, good evening how are you uh, tonight
0: okay I think <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay well we missed you last week I know we had some audio problems here in central Florida last week we had a major uh, major storm come through and it was uh, playing around with the internet connection and the power and uh, all that good stuff yeah. so um, i in my hotel room
0: was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well thanks for calling the show anyway last week guys. I really I really uh, needed it. I will tell you though, last, I expected it much better than that game last night. I mean, you know but looking like at the beginning it looked like gonna be a very highly competitive game. And then uh well, let's just say I think um the Rams offense just fell asleep.
2: Yeah, it it just seemed like they had a lot of miscues, um they had a lot of just mistakes, and I, Buffalo really did the same thing early on. They had a couple of fumbles, um, but Matthew Stafford just looked like he was not fully calibrated, I guess would be the way to put it. Um, his timing was very off. He was throwing passes behind his receivers, and then really it was almost like the uh, the Rams secondary was taking cues from Matthew Stafford as far as you know where they were going to be. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, who's yeah. supposed to be one of the better defenders in the league, got played. I mean, he got torn up last night. So, um, Got played it right. I, I think, uh, and I, I, I predicted this, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, might have even been last week, um, that I really felt like Buffalo is going to take that next step. And it's only week one, obviously, so there's a lot of football else to be played. But they looked like a Super Bowl caliber AFC top team.
0: Well, that's, um, last what the, that's what the sports books were saying, but uh, I don't know if you can go by them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, definitely a good look to start the year. I mean, it, it certainly would have been maybe talked about a little bit differently had they, you know, gotten beat pretty badly themselves. Um, but right. they, they just seemed like they were on cue, and, and every opportunity they had, basically from the second half on. Really, probably halfway through the second uh, second quarter, on they seemed like every opportunity that LA gave them, they took advantage of. Yeah. And to be real honest with you, too, you know the big thing that I think is um, is so uh, critical here is you know the Rams, you know they lost some some pieces in the off season that I think are going to really play a big role in you know whether or not they have a chance ben, to or not. Problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. If last night was vacation, uh no. Yeah, look at it that Because, you know, yeah. even though from you know from the first from the first half tight game it was it'd be a very you know, a very entertaining game and come down right to the wire. But right from out of the locker room, uh Buffalo woke up and the Rams had a Super Bowl hangover. Can you guys hear yeah. me now? Oh. There we go.
1: There's yeah. Yeah. Allen. Right. <laughs>
0: All right. All right.
1: <laughs> you can not can never stop us on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Technical difficulties or not, we're always here for you
0: guys. Yes. Yeah. So but, I was going to say, yeah, that's it. was a Super Bowl hangover. And it happens. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, you think, um, you know, Tampa had it the year before a little bit early on, but, you know, I, yeah. I think that there's a big difference between what Tampa was uh, essentially a year ago and now what the Rams are. Tampa didn't lose quite as much from one season to another, and I think that uh, the Rams, when you consider they lost Vaughn yeah. Miller and they've lost... Um, that's uh, a big good? loss
0: right there, losing Vaughn yeah, Miller. a big that's loss a big on loss.
2: defense. It's a big loss on defense, because when you had him playing there with uh, Aaron Donald, um, those two guys combined in the same uh, side of the football. You know, it was very strong. And then, of course, he lost... Uh, who was a receiver they lost over the off offseason. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. you a big, big part of your offense there. And don't get me wrong, you have probably one of the better receivers in football in Super Cup on your team, but you got to have a distraction to take away from, you know, double covering him. So, Alan, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I definitely do think the, the Rams were underprepared for this game. I really thought the Bills came out all guns, blazing they look so impressive moving the ball up and down the field really with ease as lou mentioned losing von miller was a big big uh big loss because they really had no pressure on they double teamed aaron in the middle and they really had no pressure on you know josh allen he was able to go back and, and do what he wanted to do the bills had a, had it not been a, for a couple of breaks that went yeah the other team's way it would have been 40 to nothing. It would have been a complete – it was a blowout anyway, but it would have been yeah. even worse of a blowout than what it was already. Exactly. If if they didn't get those couple of breaks. I, I thought the Bills looked fantastic. For game one, I thought they looked phenomenal. I really did. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think the Rams, the fact that they did not do much preseason playing really, really hurt them because – I don't think I think it was somewhat of a Super Bowl layoff, but I also think they weren't game ready. I just think that they were just not kind of in shape and, and ready for that type of action, and it really showed mm-hmm. in their play. But I did want to get you guys thoughts on this, both of you. Is that you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson? He did the game intro, and he did it with the <laughs> first time I've ever seen someone on the NFL field. He did it in a tank top. And it was the first time that I looked at yes. social media and he got a lot of negative hate for it. I wasn't used to seeing Dwayne Johnson get get hated on, but they were calling it cringy. They were calling it you know yeah. 40. They was they were ripping him up pretty bad. And I wanted to get you you guys' thoughts on first and foremost, was it appropriate for Dwayne Johnson to do the intro?
0: No. Okay. <laughs> Especially
2: with a gimmick yeah. like that. No. Yeah. Well, would, I'm going hear- to chime in. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, my, my my thought on it is this. Anywhere else but L.A., they wouldn't have probably done this. This is, you know, uh, yeah. Tinseltown. This is, you know, the Hollywood stars. So I think that whoever thought this up probably didn't think about the reactions they were going to get. Um, you know, and here's the thing. NFL has a high standard. Of what to expect, and I, I don't and I didn't actually see it, so I I can't say definitively, you know, my whole opinion on it, but just from what I'm hearing about it and what I've read about it over the last 24 hours or so, it was kind of hokey. Um, I get using yeah. him. Obviously, this is a marketing ploy to the XFL, which you know is going to start basically right as soon as the NFL season comes to an end. So they're trying to kind of piggyback off the NFL. I personally think that – and I'm going to say this and make a prediction about this now. I probably should have said this a while back. I don't care if it's Rock who owns the league or if, you know, anybody else out there, for that matter, takes over this league. This this league has failed twice. It failed in 2020, and it failed in 2000. This is going to be yeah, 3. Yeah, 2001. Yeah, 2001 and 2020. Um, now, yeah. a lot of it in 2020 had to do with the pandemic, obviously. Right. You know, a league that is reliant on revenue, and especially when you're competing with the NFL and college football for that matter. But look, let, let, let's let's be honest here. You had the XFL fail in 2001, again in 2020. You had the Alliance uh, Football League in 2019. It didn't even make it to the entire season before it fell apart. Oh, the XFL, God, I'm sorry to say this. I, I like the, uh, sorry, the, uh, the USFL rather. I love the idea of having a... a a um, contending league. We've talked about this on this program for the last six weeks about the, the live golf competing with the PGA tour. The difference between these two things though, is that what live golf offered, they had a very good game plan in place. And I'm not saying that there's not some sort of game plan in place for the XFL, but it seems like it's kind of a pop culture thing. And then it's going to die out and no one will have remembered it. So I just – I feel like this is going to be another unfortunately wait, wait. No, a failed attempt. <laughs>
1: so you think there's, there's – even with Dwayne Johnson, he's – just for the people who don't know, it's, it's not just Dwayne Johnson who owns the XFL. It's Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, who used to actually be Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife many, many moons ago. But she is right. a very, very business-savvy woman, and we all know what Dwayne Johnson, is, you know, as far as business – You're saying no matter, even though those components are in place and they have a lot of people backing them as far as you have um, Heinz Ward, you have Brian Westbrook just joined on board, you have quite a few other people that are going to be coaches or helping the league out, you're saying it's going to be another statistic.
2: I I think it is, and I'm only saying this based on the history of leagues that have attempted to compete or at least draw some attention away from the NFL. And Let me give you two examples here. The USFL back in the 80s, which was very, very popular, a lot of players, you look at guys like Jim Kelly and Steve Young and Reggie White, and there's a whole list of other guys that actually went and signed in the USFL before they got drafted into the NFL. Let's not forget here, and this is not a – Political statement, but you had even like Donald Trump owned a team back in the eighties. He owned, I think, the team in Generals. the, the General. Generals in New Jersey. So, um, you know, you had all that money back then. And again, this is thirty-five years ago, but you had all those backers back then, and it unfortunately didn't didn't uh, succeed. And I'll give you another one that was even more recent: is the old uh, Arena Football League, and that was a lot of entertainment there. You had uh, yeah. fifty-yard fields, you had vehicles goals you could basically kick from the other. You know the other uh, goal line, and you had the guys getting tackled into the. It was almost like hockey on the football field. You guys getting tackled into the into the boards, and you had people like John uh, John uh, Bon Jovi. Um, you had uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a whole whole list of other names out there. John, uh, John Elway, um, big big names, big money backing those teams in that fell apart as well. And it didn't fall apart like overnight. The entire league collapsed. But you went from a league of, I think it was 16 teams. You eventually got down to where teams couldn't compete anymore. And in our market, Alan, you had a team in Orlando and you had a team in Tampa. And eventually, one by one, little by little, it started to to come apart. And you you were down to, I think it had six teams at one point. So I I just, I feel like this is going to be another one of those types of things where. It's mm-hmm. that's not going to be sustainable long term. <laughs> you might get through a year or two, but I just don't see it sustaining itself long term. No. Wow. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you both are agreement of that, that it's going to
1: fail. I will say this much, though. I hope somebody from the XFL is listening from, to this, that I did try to join an XFL group. And this is a true story to this XFL group, meaning Dwayne Johnson. I did try to join it. When I first tried to join it and I put myself down as media, they said the spots were filled up. And I must have replied to the email within five minutes. So I was like, okay, I'm very quick with my emails. I I was shocked that it was filled up. When I put myself in as a fan, I got myself right on on the group immediately. So I'm like, that's showing me right there that you got your nose in the air. I'm talking about the XFL where you're trying to block out the media because you have a connection and you have a contract with Disney. You're not going to be able to carry this XFL league by yourself. You're going to need other outside help to promote it. At least that's one thing that Vince McMahon did do. He was media friendly. So right. I I hope that the XFL does make it. I'm not wishing any bad on anyone. I would never do that. However, don't start letting your ahead, head get however. big before you start before you start playing one single down, is what I'm going to say.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I want it to be successful. I want to see something that competes. But I also think, too, to some degree that the the viewership of the XFL is not necessarily going to be the same as the viewership of the NFL. And I don't mean that just in overall yeah. numbers. I mean that people who actually watch those games, here's why I say that. If you're a uh, a sports enthusiast, you go season to season. So if you're in NFL season, starting right now, you've got the rest of this baseball season. You got a, a, a three weeks or so left in the baseball season, plus these four weeks or so, five weeks of October baseball. Then, if you're a sports enthusiast like like us on the show, right. your main attention goes to football. Well, when you get past late January, early February of next year then your focus is going to be okay. Baseball season and pitchers and catchers reporting is just a few weeks away. You've got uh, NCAA basketball starting to heat up with tournaments and things of that nature. So people's attention span is a lot of what has to do with this too. So I think that where it kind of parallels with the Live Golf thing is Live Golf is saying, first of all, they had a lot of money backing them. Secondly, (laughs) they're saying we have a better – they believe, and to this point – They've been able to lure a lot of people away. They believe they have a better product than the PGA Tour. And we won't know for sure for a couple of years, probably whether or not that's true, but here's the big thing. The NFL is an ever-changing league where they find new ways to keep people's interests. If they had stayed the same as they were 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago, then one of these other leagues might have somehow out. Outdone them, but the, the fact of the matter is, guys don't go out and say, "I'm going to play high-level football." I hope I make it to the XFL. No, they say I want to play in the NFL. <laughs> so that's why the NFL yeah. will succeed. In these other leagues, they may last a couple of years, but they won't last forever.
1: Well, to your point, right? After watching the Bills play, I don't see a team that could beat the Bills the way they were playing, or even close to the Bills. And and the Rams weren't even keeping up but that was quality football as far as...
0: Yes, it was.
1: It was quality. Like, if you don't play A++, you're not going to compete against a team like the Bills. Period. No. Period. And yeah. they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. The the Rams did. And they couldn't keep up. But the only other thing question I do have for both of you is that on the XFL thing, do you think it's appropriate, let's say they have Dwayne Johnson again do this, for the Super Bowl. Do you think it's appropriate for him, Dwayne Johnson, to do these intros, being that he has an XFL starting up
2: right after the season ends? No.
0: <laughs>
2: I don't know. No. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the one to make that decision. I would say that it, it's probably a win-win for, for everyone involved. It's a win for, for him. It's a win for the XFL. And it's a win for the NFL because what, what it appears that they're trying to do is Um, it's like cross training, you know, they're, they're trying to to win multiple audiences over. And so if you can get a little bit of that audience ready to say, Hey, I'm going to be ready to watch more football after the NFL year is over, then that's a win for the XFL. And for the NFL, they're not going to lose at all because I mean, you're, you're probably gathering or getting a few extra fans that you didn't have before that are like, Hey, you know, I see this, this guy, the rock is on, on the TV set and he's, been doing this for 25 years so you know i think that the and the thing about the xfl too that most people may not remember or may, may not know is it's basically built from the mold or mindset of, of you know of wrestling you know there's obviously yeah. football. it's not stage like like wrestling is but it is wow it kind of it kind of has that mentality sorry <laughs> if people didn't realize that uh that, that it is stage wwe and wwf stuff whatever it is I apologize. Uh, I probably should have turned uh, turned the program off earlier. So,
1: <laughs> right. No, but listen, all I'm going to say on the last thing on that is this: this is the XFL. That's what I'm going to say <laughs> because that's uh, a <laughs> Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon right there. So you're saying yep. that's what they got to be say, should be saying right now. This is the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh-huh. We'll see, I'm going to try my best to, to uh go out there and cover them if they allow. We'll see. It's 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 sounded like, you know, you kind of get in the cold shoulder before you even get started, which is not a good sign.
2: Right. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put this out there right now, guys, over or under one season. I think it's going to make at least one season.
1: I I do think that. I just find it because they do have a contract with Disney. I don't think the viewership is going to yeah. drop so much. I, I imagine it's a short it's a shortened schedule and plus right. they are they are doing one thing that's smarter in this regard is that they're playing a lot of the games where in Texas and people in mm-hmm. Texas and Florida and Texas they love football. So I, I, I'm I do think it'll make at least one year. We'll see. I like any business, the hardest part is getting started. And then also keeping it. But
0: yes.
1: I, I think they'll make it at least a year. What do you think, Lou?
0: I don't think they, well they'll, they'll finish. They'll I think they'll finish out the year, but I don't see them coming back for a second year. I mean, that, once the novelty wears off after the third, or fourth week, it'll be like just like its predecessors, and it'll be a thing of the past. Haven't we learned from some of the other leagues that not that have not gone into like the AAF, um, the seventies version of the of the uh, what was it, the uh, W L A F, what it was called, and uh, even the U S L from the the uh, mid-2000s, having you people learn anything that, it doesn't work. You cannot compete with the NFL. That is the full league in this country. Try as it may, but you will try and you will fail, no matter who you get as your, as your top dog. Wow.
1: Forget about it.
0: Forget about well, it. Oh, man,
1: forget about it on
2: it. Yeah, there, there don't we go. i tell What can I say? Forget he... about
1: it it. That means it's a wrap.
0: Yeah, forget <laughs> about it.
2: <laughs> one thing you got to remember too. One, one thing you got to remember too is the reason why there was a USFL in the first place back in what was the 85, That was the years that it started or, or basically Angry. conceived uh, eighty three. Is because the NFL was having money problems at that time. You had owners that were um, right. having cash cash flow problems and things of that nature. So it is one of those things where when you have a product that is failing you have another product that can come in and take that attention away. And had the, had a few things not gone the NFL's way, the NFL might not exist now, but, you know, thankfully it does because I I just can't imagine that we'd be watching, um, you know, Washington generals or whatever they were called back then, you know, football or yeah, the the Tampa Bay (laughs) bandits. uh, You know, I mean, I I just can't imagine us saying that would be the the fun thing to watch on Sundays, um, you know, here at this point. So thankfully the NFL Succeeded the, um, ex, uh, the USFL rather folded at some point. Uh, I think it was eighty seven or eighty eight. Uh, but again, some of the big names that came out of the uh, USFL: Jim Kelly, Hall of Famer; Steve Young, yep. Hall of Famer; um, Reggie White, Hall of Famer. And you know, there's a whole horde of guys that played in the XFL. At, you know, well before they were NFL guys, and it was a it was an option for them to do that. Um, and I, I would honestly say right now you could take the top hundred prospects in college football that are draft eligible players in this next upcoming season. And to a man, I guarantee you every single one of those guys would say, I want to get drafted in the NFL. I don't care about playing in the XFL or whatever other league might be around it. That's just, that's the way it is. So.
1: I think he hate me. Yeah. Rod <laughs> up, Martin, would would disagree with you. He
0: hate me again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did reach out oh, yeah, to Rod yeah. Smart to get his to get him to go on our show. I've yet to get a response, but I did I did reach out to him. But I don't know. I, I think I think it makes it at least a year. We will see. You are to your point, after the fourth or fifth game, if there isn't let's say a good crowd showing up to the games, that is a bad sign.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Ten people. Oh boy. Oh. Well,
2: and, and you know the other thing too is look at the markets some of these teams are playing in. I think that's another telltale sign. When you have teams that are playing in the same market or around the same market as another popular team, it's really hard to get fans interested because again, that that mindset is okay. My team season just ended. I'm moving on to basketball or hockey or, or you know, baseball season getting ready to start. Baseball you know, you know, whatever happens to be going on, you know, and so they, they move on and that that's the way it's always been. Um, For for me, this is a, a good time of year because as a fan of mainly baseball and of course football as well, I've got three teams that I'm following very closely right now, two in football, one at the college level and the NFL level, and then we're in that stretch run of the baseball season where you, you're, you're watching that five or six nights a week and then, one or two nights a week, you're watching whatever's going on college or NFL wise. So I think it's a lot of an attention span thing. And look at the end of the day, that's what sells. People aren't going to, if you're not paying attention to something, doesn't matter how good the product is. If people aren't paying attention to right. coming out to support the games as the viewership flow, it's going to flop no matter what. So. Yes.
1: Wow. So, yeah. So I will definitely let Noah Johnson know that you guys think he's a dead man walking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what
1: did i
0: think of that <laughs> i mean <laughs> and then walk all
1: Danny garcia who is the co-owner you both are basically saying they're both going to lose a boatload of money and they're going to have their egos bruised
2: well i think at the end of the day they'll probably cut their losses is what's going to happen um you know, if yeah. they go beyond one season, yeah, they're going to lose money. Um, it if, if flops after yeah. one season, but they're not going to lose as much as if they let it go to middle of second year and they put all this money into it and the plug uh, gets pulled on it. I, I think they'd probably pull the plug on it before they got to that point.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it is an investment. So any investment, there is no guarantees, and it's it's somebody's got to pay the bill. So it is their money, and you know, they probably won't go to the point of no return, but I just think, yes, if you start a shop and close up shop, you're going to lose some money. Nobody goes to business to lose money. Right. But that's, what's going to happen. that's what's going to happen. That's the reality.
2: Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll we, see. We know what the Rocks are we will. looking, but uh, what do you got cooking on your show this weekend,
0: uh, Lou? <laughs> well, let's see. Forget the XFL. Oh, all right. Uh <laughs> We'll, 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 of course, do uh, the baseball uh, uh, pan chases as it's heating up right now, especially in both the AL East and the, and the AL East. Uh, forget the NL West. That's a done deal. Uh, we'll do our college football pi- uh, predictions, our first full week of benchball predictions, the finals of the U.S. Open, the last tennis major of the year. Uh, for you enthusiasts of the WNBA, yes, we'll cover that because the finals start on Sunday. I know it's only a small selected group, but hey you know, it's a sport, I do it. And uh, if anything in the UFC market comes along, I'll bring up that. And um, we'll also take care of a few other uh, mishaps with baseball because there's some interesting news about baseball this year. Some might think it's a good idea, some might think it's a stupid idea. Well, you'd be the judge of that. And we'll also, of course, um, do a little tribute to uh, Queen Elizabeth and remember those who uh, those who uh, lost people on 9-11 since is 9-11. So it'll be an interesting show tomorrow. Uh, call the following number, 512-543-4662. Number again, 512-543-4662. Between the hours of 5 and 10 p.m. New York time.
1: That's right. 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662. Tomorrow, Saturday, between 5 and 7 Eastern Standard Time Zone, New York Time, as you mentioned. I called in last week. Great time, great show. And I definitely think Thanks. it's going to be the same this week. And I also welcome new callers. Absolutely. Yes. Make sure you guys call in and support Lou's show, the Enhanced Sports Show.
0: Make Just sure some of you as a
1: Yes, that's right. <laughs>
0: the seven <laughs> dirty words you can't say are in effect.
1: <laughs> yep, that's right. Keep it clean. You know, just like uh, they were calling a rock, corny AF, don't say the, the second part. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I'm going to get out of here If I get really in trouble. All right. Lou, we appreciate <laughs> you. Thanks, fellas. You're welcome. You have a great weekend. Thank you, you Lou. <laughs> All right. Take care for now, buddy. All right, that's a great buddy, Lou. Always a pleasure to have Lou on our show. But, yes, and, um, so just a couple of quick things about the game. Do you think the Bills are a serious contender to win the Super Bowl this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I picked them to be one of the final four teams, uh, one of the final two in the AFC. So I, I definitely think they showed um, that, you know, last year's unfortunate loss in the playoffs didn't um, do anything other than motivate them to be a better team this year. And, you know, look, Buffalo has a a very rich history. Um, Obviously, they lost those four Super Bowls in a row back in the early 90s. Uh, They had some really good teams uh, even before and after that. So this is a team that I think wants to, you know, exercise some of their demons, if you will. They've had some some bad luck. They obviously – they were a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in like 15 years at one point. So it'll be nice to see them um, potentially – get to that next level. Obviously they're not there yet, but they certainly seem like they have a, a team that's, you know, poised to go in that direction going forward.
1: No, absolutely. I agree with you. They look really strong. I was very impressed with them. I know it is game one, but they are starting off in the right direction. They, they look like a team that have a chip on the shoulder. They lost last year. They're coming back with a vengeance and it should be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, no, it should be. And I think that this is a team, you know, you play 17 games now, not 16 like you used to. Um, So I think this is a 13-14 win team. I I don't think they're going to have – I'm not saying they're not going to have any problems this year because every team's going to run into something. But I I just – I see them building momentum the rest of this – the rest of the season. They're going to run into a a good team here or there. um, But I I really feel like they're easily going to win their division. And I think they're the favorite right now in the AFC
1: I agree. I think that they're looking solid. The only team I think really that can compete right now would be the Rams if they'd get it together, but also I just think they, you know, the Kansas city, mm-hmm. but they, they, uh, they just keep doing what they're doing and they'll, they'll be one of the top teams for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, well, speaking of football, we both uh, made the wrong pick uh, for
0: this uh, <laughs> game last
2: night. We both of us picked the Rams, and I, I really felt like the momentum for the Rams would have been, you know, playing at home. I talked about at the top of the show, playing at home, getting your rings, um, you know, coming off the Super Bowl win, but obviously Buffalo had other plans, but let's go through our picks uh, for for this week. Both of us uh, lost last night, so we'll just kind of skip over that part of it, Um We'll go to each game individually, and uh, I'm going to go with – we'll start off with the Saints at the Falcons. Um, One team is a contender. I think the Falcons are kind of in that rebuild. They might be a good team in a year or so uh, position. I have the Saints winning this game. What about you?
1: I I do agree. I have the Saints winning, too. I just think the Saints are actually one of the better teams in that division – I think the Falcons, like you said, to your point, is in a rebuilding stage. No Matt Ryan. I just find that this, even with Matt Ryan, is tough for the Falcons to beat the Saints. I think if the Saints do what they normally do, they'll win this game.
2: Yeah, I agree there. And then you got the uh, the 49ers. Uh, they're on the road in Chicago to play the Bears. Um, I've got San Francisco winning this game, even though they're going to go with a rookie quarterback to start in Trey Lance. I feel like the Bears, they just seem like every time they try to do something to, to get better, they actually, you know, like they're in quicksand. They, they don't seem like they have it all together. So I've got the 49ers in this one.
1: I do have the 49ers in this one. This wasn't actually a tough pick because, as you, to your point, they are playing a rookie, and he, he did play somewhat of the preseason, and I wasn't blown away. The Bears do have a very good running attack. So I'm going to say the 49ers, too, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears win this game.
2: Yeah, home field advantage can play a role there, so that certainly is a good point. Um, we move on to the Steelers at the Bengals. You have the defending AFC champions at home. The Steelers are without Ben Roethlisberger for the first time in 18 years. Uh, what a great run he had uh, during his time there. And now you've moved on to, you know, a, a different uh, starting quarterback. I think the Steelers are going to have a tough, tough time this season. And I've got the Bengals winning this game. Yeah, i got the Bengals
1: winning this game, too. The Bengals are actually one of the top teams in the division as well. And I just think the Bengals, they have a chip on their shoulder, too. I had the Bengals win, winning this game against the Steelers.
2: Good pick. Now, this year, we're doing something a slight bit different than last year when it comes to our picks. Uh, We'll still make our picks like we normally do. This year, we are still going to do where we have uh, one uh, guaranteed pick or what we call a lock pick and then one upset pick each week. And then we also can uh, have each of us uh, one additional of either one. So uh, whether it's uh, two lock picks and one upset pick or two upset picks and one lock pick, it helps us break any potential ties that may happen. So this is the first game that I have a lock pick put in here. The Eagles are going on the road to um, Motor City to play the Lions there in Detroit. I have the Eagles guaranteed to win this game. Uh, Give me your thoughts on that one.
1: Yeah, I just don't see the Lions competing against the Eagles to win a game. The Lions will probably get a couple of points, but I think the Eagles are going to win this game too. I did have the Saints, by the way, as my lock pick, but I don't, I have the Eagles winning this game. No lock pick.
2: Gotcha there. Okay, perfect. And then this is another good game here, kind of a toss-up. Uh, you get the Patriots going on the road to Miami to play the Dolphins down in South Florida. Um, you know, in the last several years, Miami's actually played the Patriots very well, even when Brady was still playing in New England. I actually have Miami winning this game. What are your thoughts? Wow, uh, you're reading my mind
1: there, Aaron. Yep. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I think this is one of the few times where everything is lining up for the Dolphins to win game one. They're playing in Miami. They have Tyreek Hill. I just think it's they got to break it sometime. I got the Dolphins winning this game. But they do have Bill Belichick on the side. But I, I, I do have the Dolphins like you winning this game too.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing, too, is you also have, um, obviously, you have a new coach, uh, young, a young head coach, too, by the way, in Miami, a little bit of a different game plan. He's more offensive-oriented, um, was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers for the last several years. And you have two former Alabama quarterbacks facing each other uh, head-to-head, and they were both, of course, former number one or former first-round picks, I should say, Uh, for both uh, the Patriots and for the Dolphins. So that'll be kind of an interesting kind of side note to add in there. Another side note to add into this next game is the Ravens on the road at the Jets. Um, I feel like the Jets defense is going to be a little bit better and actually probably a lot better than they have been the last few years. I don't think it's going to be enough to overcome the Ravens, but today apparently was the deadline day for Lamar Jackson's uh, contract negotiations with, The Ravens, I don't think that's going to help them, the fact that he uh, evidently did not sign an extension. But I I have the Ravens winning this game.
1: I have the Ravens winning this game, but there are some question marks on it, to your point, and that's because of that contract extension. I don't know how Lamar is going to handle it, his first game of the season. I don't know if he's going to have a chip on his shoulder in a good way or or you can have a chip on his shoulder in a bad way, where you're upset at your team. I am surprised and also disappointed that the Ravens did not strike a deal with Lamar Jackson, somebody who's extremely valuable to the organization. But I have the Ravens winning this game against the Jets.
2: All right. And then you've got two young teams. you get got the Jaguars uh, going on the road to Washington to play the Commanders. This is the Commanders' first game as the Commanders. A uh, nice Uh, uniforms great name they came up with here over this past off season Um, obviously you've got uh, Ron Rivera who is a defensive guru trying to build that team on the defensive side Uh, the Jaguars I think are going to be much improved uh, this season over last especially with all the chaos they had with Urban Meyer Um, I think that the Jaguars are still going to have some issues early on in the season until they can kind of figure their identity out so they've got the commanders winning this game largely in part because it is in Washington
1: Wow, that's the only one that we were a little different on. I do have the Jags winning this game because I just feel as if – and the Commanders are doing great things, but they do have an injury. And I just think the Jaguars are going to start up fresh this year, with a fresh start. I got the Jags winning this game in an upset.
2: All right, good stuff there. Now, this is uh a, a, a interesting matchup here. Obviously, the Browns are not going to have uh, Deshaun Watson – but the Panthers are going to have uh, his uh, former Browns quarterback, of course, uh, going as their starting quarterback there. So I have the Panthers winning this game. Uh, obviously, the Browns are going to be distracted with all this stuff, all the question marks um, in this game. What are your thoughts on uh, on this uh, matchup between Cleveland and Carolina?
1: It's going to be a very good game, very interesting. But I do have – the Panthers win in this game as well. I just think that it's going to be a change of scenery, and I think it's going to be a good thing for them. From what I see, Christian McCaffrey is going to play. So I got the Panthers winning the first game in a in a, in a very close, tight, contested game, but I, I got them winning.
0: Yeah, I
2: think Baker Mayfield is going to really uh... – Play even harder in this game, just because he wants to to show his former team what they're missing out on this year. So, uh, next game I think is is a good one because you got a, a, a team with one of the best running backs in the uh, National Football League in the Colts. They're going on the road to play uh, Houston in in Houston to play the Texas uh, Texans in Houston. I should say I've got the Colts winning this game.
1: Yeah, I do too. I mean, they got <laughs> they got Jonathan Taylor. Stud running back, and I just think that they're gonna basically they they have new life to them. The Colts, I just think the Colts are gonna be too much and win this game.
2: Yeah, I think if they can establish their running game early on, I think that uh, that uh, Indianapolis is certainly gonna uh, benefit from it. And of course, this is uh, uh, the very first game for Matt Ryan as the Colts quarterback, so that'll be another uh, interesting one to watch. There are a lot of new faces and new places at the quarterback position. In the NFL. Next game is uh, the Giants. They're going on the road to play uh, the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. I really feel like the Titans are also in a really good spot, largely in part because of their running game. They have one of the best uh, running backs in the NFL as well. So I've got, uh, I've got uh, uh, Tennessee winning this game.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of similar picks. I-, I do have Tennessee Titans winning this game too against the Giants. I just think You know, Titans actually do have a very good team, and I think they're going to come out and play hard and and win this game.
2: Yeah, I just feel like the Giants are kind of spinning their wheels. They've been trying to find an identity on which side of the football. They have had some issues with their running game. I just feel like they are are still kind of fucking first gear, if you will, and uh, still maybe stuck in first gear after this season. Now, this next one I know we picked opposite on. This is actually one of my lock picks. Get the Packers uh, going on the road to Minnesota. Um, In Minnesota, they're in Minneapolis. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game for sure, a very loud crowd. But I have uh, Green Bay winning this game.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I definitely do think it's going to be very competitive. I do think that without having Devontae Adams, he's going to make a difference on the long ball. So I think the combination of the great running back that they have with Cook and Jefferson, the, the wide receiver, I got the Vikings winning this game in an upset.
2: Gotcha there. Well, we'll see what happens on that one. That's going to be a good uh, four thirty game on Sunday. So, um, I like this next matchup because you got two very athletic quarterbacks. You get the Chiefs; they've been, you know, to the AFC title game the last four years in a row, and the Cardinals, who got off to a seven or eight no start last year and kind of fell apart, still made the playoffs uh, at the end, but. This game is in Arizona, so to some degree, you should think at least it should favor the Cardinals, but I've got the Chiefs winning this game.
1: I have the Chiefs winning this game, too, and, you know, that's the thing that uh, I think it's going to be a very, very good game. I think that's one of the matchups that you look forward to. I I just think without Hopkins in the lineup makes a big difference for the Cardinals. He's a beast, and with him being suspended, that's the reason why I didn't choose the Cardinals. The Chiefs also winning the game, too.
2: Now, this next matchup is uh, one that I think is intriguing because it is an uh, interdivisional matchup uh, here in week one of the AFC West. you got the Raiders um, coming in, uh, new head coach, and they're facing an up-and-rising uh, Los Angeles Chargers team uh, with an excellent young uh, quarterback. Uh, they've got other pieces that are in place there, too. I've got the Chargers, who I think have a, a, a real shot this year to challenge Kansas City. I've got the Chargers winning this game. Yeah,
1: I actually agree with you on that one. I have the Chargers winning this game, too. I think the Raiders going to play a tough game, too. It was actually a very tough pick, but I just trust the Chargers a little bit more, and I know that the Raiders have <laughs> – Devontae Adams there, but I just think the Chargers have a better all-around team, so I got the Chargers winning the game too.
2: All right, and then Sunday night uh, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to uh, Dallas to face the Cowboys. This was actually one of my actually my only uh, upset pick for this week. I actually have picked the Cowboys to upset and shock uh, the Bucks here in this game, and this uh, by the way would be the first time that Brady would ever have lost the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on that one?
1: It's, it's going to be a very, very good game. I, I could see why somebody would pick the Cowboys, but I just think I'm betting on Brady that he's never lost to the Cowboys. This is going to be pretty much unless something happens where they meet later in the year in the playoffs. I don't think he's going to start that streak now. He sacrificed a lot to even be playing for the Bucks for one more year. So I'm going to bet on my man Brady that he's going to win the
2: game. All right, and then to round it out here, Monday Night Football is another uh, matchup that has uh, one quarterback playing his former team. So you got the Broncos going up to Seattle to play the Seahawks, uh, who are kind of in rebuild mode. And it's going to be Russell Wilson making his Broncos debut against the team he played for for, what, 10, 11 years. So I have the Broncos winning this game.
1: Yeah, I think Russell is hungry, and the Broncos look very good. He's going to be looking to beat his old team. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I got the Broncos winning, and that was actually one of my lock picks. That's how confident I am they're going to win. Uh, the Broncos winning a lock pick.
2: Yeah, very good lock pick there for sure. So, a couple things I always like to point out here. and We talked about this uh, the last two years. Our picks <laughs> do not reflect uh, anything that we would uh, want you to to bet on. So. Do not take our advice from that perspective. Uh, we are not responsible for any money lost uh, should you use the picks that we've used. And also, this is one that I kind of thought there was a side note, is we make these picks, at least I make these picks uh, for myself based on who I think will actually win the game, not necessarily who I like to win the game. So um, it's kind of sometimes a little bit difficult to separate those two, but that's the way that I go typically about who I think will actually win, not versus, or not necessarily uh, rather how. Uh, or who I would root for in the game itself. So uh, good picks, uh, certainly. Uh, we'll see how things play out as, uh, as this first week goes. And we'll post our probably Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, we'll post our first week um, results on our Facebook page. And we would love to hear comments from you all um, during the week. And we may even read some of those on the air uh, if we can. So um, next question you had, uh, we'll stick with the NFL theme for a moment. Both of us are actually in the same fantasy football league. I know I picked uh, Jonathan Taylor with my first pick. And I want to say you picked uh, the Tennessee running back, Derrick Henry, with your first pick. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. That's 100% right. So, I wanted to get Jonathan so, Taylor.
2: Yeah. Well, I had the first pick. So. <laughs> yeah. um, so the question you posed here is how confident are you in your fantasy football team? So I'll ask you that question. How confident are you in what you have? I
1: am actually very confident in what I have the only shock was actually last night Robinson getting only one target for 12 yards. And that's, you know, he was throwing everything to Cooper cup, his, his guy. I I thought he would spread the ball a little bit to Allen Robinson, who is, who is a beast. He threw He targeted him one time. I do have Cooper cup in another league. I am in, and he did really well, but I was surprised that he didn't throw to Allen Robinson (laughs) quite a bit more. But outside of that, I am very happy with, you know, my pick is always in fantasy football. You always want one or two others. But overall, I'm very happy with both leagues. I'm in two leagues for fantasy football. I think we're off to a great start.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I have uh, I, I, what I feel like I put together a pretty good team. I mean, um, Jonathan Taylor as a running back. Um, I have both Tampa and Green Bay's defense i um, just looking through my roster here. I have uh, Justin uh, Herbert as uh, quarterback. I have a blue Aaron Rodgers in there as well as my backup and have a pretty good receiving core as well. Um, let me find my league here real quickly. But anyways, I think it's going to be a lot of fun um, to manage it and, and kind of let things play out. And um, these head to head matchups are going to be fun throughout the week. So it'll be interesting to kind of look and see how uh, as, you know, go on how your team changes and how you go about putting together, um, you know, who you're going to start. Because obviously you have to consider when the bye weeks are for certain teams and players and things of that nature. But looking down my list here, I also have uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, uh, Jerry Judy, and Kyle Pitts uh, is my flex or tight end. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable with what I've got here. And I I misspoke there before. I actually have Dak Prescott as my, uh, my backup quarterback. So. Yeah, so you got a great team. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good. So And obviously things will change as the season goes on. Injuries and things like that will happen. So we will check back in on that here next week. Uh, we'll have our picks uh, for next week as well. And we'll go back and review uh, a little bit of uh, what we saw happen. I'm sure there's going to be some surprises uh, Sunday and Monday um, potentially. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, moving on to the baseball world, um, as we are in the final three, three and a half weeks of the baseball season, um, we'll start with the American League. Who is the AL MVP? There's really two main contenders right now. You've got Aaron Judge, who's now at 55 home runs, and you've got pitcher, hitter, great all-around player in Shohei Otani uh, with the Angels. Uh, so the question you pose is, who is the MVP? in the American league. Um, I'll let you take that first.
1: Yes. I, I just, I think this is a very, very close competition. Let me say that first, the both outstanding players and do right, but I have Aaron judge winning this MVP. I just find it hard for this reason, the middle MVP, most valuable player. And I just find it hard for me to vote. If I had a vote to vote for somebody where their team, as of right now, as we speak, is 28 games back. And mm-hmm. it's not, he's not a whole team. I get it. But I just think you have to be someone who at least helps your, helps your team make it to the playoffs or nearly misses the playoffs. You have to be up there where you're, you're kind of helping your team out in the win department. I think Aaron Judge is in the middle of a heat this, this The lead is shrunk down there to four and a half games. So as I mentioned to you a couple of weeks back that it wasn't for sure for the Yankees, well, the provers in the pudding. It's not for sure for the Yankees. I do think they're going to have enough to win it, but I don't think it's over yet. It's going to be a mad dash to end. I just think that we of also where Aaron Judge ends up. He has over 300 batting average. He's right around that line of 300, 301. I just have Aaron Judge winning this mainly because of the fact that he is playing on a team that is a contender, not a pretender. And Shoei uh, Otani is definitely a great player. In any other year, he probably would get this, this award hands down. But I got Aaron Judge, in my opinion, winning the MVP. Yeah,
2: and I, I agree with you there. And I'll, I'll add these points here. You know, Otani did win it last year in the American League. And it's a very rare thing to see a player on a team that does not make the playoffs win an MVP award. Off the top of my head, the only other guy I can think of would be Larry Walker, who won it in 97 with the Rockies, who were not a playoff team. Um, So it is something that doesn't happen very often. Although, actually, I'll throw this out there too. Last year, uh, Bryce Harper uh, won it in the National League, and the Phillies didn't make the playoffs either. So you had AL and NL MVP a year ago that neither one of their teams made the postseason. Um, I'll throw this out there, too. I think the thing that is going to help Aaron Judge's case this year is the fact that the Yankees have struggled in the second half. They've struggled since the trade deadline, really. In fact, they've had a pretty poor record of under 500 since then. And I think the fact of the matter is this. Them getting in by the skin of their teeth, you know, to win that AL East, and him putting up the kind of numbers he's putting up, actually, I think – boost his case for winning it. Um, if this team had continued to play at the pace they were at in mid to late June or even early July, for that matter, you know they were on a pace at one point to win like 120 games, which obviously at this point they're not going to come anywhere close to. But you know if they won their division by 20 games. You can have a guy like that miss some time or, or not even be on the team and his value wouldn't be nearly as high. So I think because they're going to be in a closer race and look, they're losing to the Rays for nothing right now. So if they lose tonight, they're only going to be three and a half games ahead of of Tampa. That lead is certainly shrinking. And so I think it would still, even if, even if somehow the Rays come back and win that division, I think Aaron Judge is the MVP just because I I feel like his numbers, you take him out of that lineup. And I don't think the Yankees are, are as good offensively, obviously as they've been. So, um, but we'll see what happens here. It's going to be an interesting last uh, couple weeks of the season as things are, are starting to uh, to happen. And, you know, we've talked about this for the last several months. Would the Braves catch uh, – would they catch the Mets in the National League East? And they, they have. And now, you know, the Mets lost here again tonight. Atlanta is tied with the Mariners right now. Atlanta wins tonight. They're a game ahead of the Mets. And the Mets have had some really problematic things happen lately. They haven't been playing very consistently good baseball Uh, Max Scherzer is on the injured list now. So things that are starting to to go against the Mets are starting to really hurt them in the standings at the same time. So we'll see how that plays out as well. Yeah,
1: this is why they play 162 games. You can see that teams are way back starting to make it through. The Braves are right there. And, you know, as you mentioned, the Rays, the Rays are are right there too. If if they win, it's three and a half games, and things are getting very interesting in both, both divisions for the Yankees and for the Braves.
2: Absolutely, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Pennant, Pennant race baseball is always a ton of fun. So, um, now big news out of baseball today. Um, this is something that uh, was voted on by a panel of eleven individuals. I believe it was six. Um, I want to say six. There's four players, one umpire, and six uh, either former players or owners, if I remember correctly. Um, they voted on four things for new rules to be implemented to the league. So the four things they were voting on uh, were um, a pitch clock or a pitch count clock, rather, um, which is a little tricky to understand as far as the numbers. We'll get into all that a little bit later on. Larger bases for safety of players reasons, which I, I happen to agree with that one. Uh, each base, which was uh, typically 15 inches by 15 inches, will now be 18 by 18 starting in 2023. Uh, the banning of defensive shifts, uh, which has been a hot topic here for the last couple of years. Um, all three of those things passed the vote today. The thing that did not, at least from my understanding, is there was rumors or the thing that one of the things we were going to vote on was pitchers only being able to throw over to, say, first base when there's a runner leading off twice, otherwise the third time would be considered a bulk, which would lead to the runner being given the next base. That one did not pass, from my understanding. So I want to get your thoughts on how this um, makes baseball better, makes it worse. What are your thoughts on it?
1: I like some of the rules. I don't like all of them. The 15-second pitch count, I'm in agreement with. I, anytime you can move the, the pace of play up a bit, I think I'm for it. I kind of wish they had that sometimes in in golf. You know, you got a 10-second a hit hit count where you can't take 15, you know, practice wins. But back to baseball, I like the pitch count count where you're moving up the pace of play because you can see the clock, you know, they have it set at a minute and a half in between innings. But I like the, the pitch count. I love that. The larger basis, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. And the reason why is because I think it can create more injuries than less. And the reason why I say this is because guys have muscle memory. They're so used to a base at a certain, you know, dimension. And now you're going to have to have your legs a little bit wider when you're going ahead and, you know, double up somebody. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that I don't think guys are going to get used to the extra width of the base that easily i think if they were going to have like a camera inside the base for a different angle i thought that would have been pretty cool you know give us a different view but i think it can in my opinion create more injuries Uh, people don't understand that if you play baseball the bag don't matter if you're running in there at 200 miles an hour there it's on a concrete plate that base is not going anywhere. It's not like the little league where your base slide into it. It's not attached to it, it goes 20 feet away. No, you can get hurt <laughs> running into a, a major league base and you can sprain an ankle or break your wrist, forearm, a lot of stuff. So I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the larger base. The defensive shift. I am totally against that. Hey, if you have three guys on the right-hand side of the field, and you have the left-hand side of the field wide open for you to drop a bunt or hit a base hit, learn how to hit the ball to both sides of the field. I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I think this, this is a better bit to somebody who's not learning how to hit the ball to the opposite side of the field. I think it helps them out because now, in a sense, you cannot be – you really can't do a shift. That's what it comes down to because your feet have to be on the dirt only two players on the infield. Well, you got the first baseman and the second baseman. So basically eliminate the shifts. And I, I don't like the shift at all. Learn how to hit to the other side of the field. And again, after that, a bunt, it's a guaranteed hit without an out. So use it to your advantage. And I just think this helps out. It helps out somebody who doesn't go to the opposite field. I'm not a big fan of the, the shift at all. The base. You'd have to kind of sell me that a little bit more. The pitch count is pretty much the only one I, I would agree with.
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll am i go down that list as well here. So we'll start off with the bases. I think that the there may be benefits and uh, negative things on it, like kind of like you were saying there before. I think the benefit here, what baseball is trying to do, even though it's only three inches to each base, that's basically six inches between bases that's different than before. But if you look at how close – a lot of uh base stealing situations are they're trying to create a environment where they're basically telling guys we want we want to see more steals we want to see more action the the the, the art of bunting has gone away in baseball we we kind of hit that before the art of the stolen base has definitely gone away it still happens But when you consider you know, Ricky Henderson stealing 130 bases back in the 80s in one season, the league leader in steals now is going to get like 35 stolen bases. So they're trying to bring that back. It's kind of like in the 60s when they made the mound uh, either lower or higher because they wanted to give uh, hitters and pitchers different advantages, disadvantages, and that kind of thing. So they're kind of playing around with it in a similar sense that way. The safety portion of it, I believe, is – I used to play um, city league softball uh, years ago and what they did, and I I don't want to see major league baseball do this. I think it's a terrible idea, but down at first base years ago, and I can remember seeing these happen quite often, you'd have a runner going down the first baseline and they would collide with the first baseman. So they actually put a double bag at first base so that they could avoid there being collisions. Now, again, I don't want baseball to get to this point where they're so you know, ridiculous that they, separate players by that much, but they're basically trying to make it also to where there's a slight bit more separation to avoid any of those potential uh, collisions at the first base bag or second base bag, what have you. So I, I can see it from that perspective. That that definitely, I think is a benefit. Um, but I do agree, you know, the muscle memory thing, it'll take some time for guys to, you know, learn the different, uh, you know, widths of, of the bag, quite honestly. So, um, but I'll, I'll use this uh, for, for safety reasons. I, I, I understand and I, I agree with the the clock in between innings. You have a minute and a half or a minute 35, whatever it is, between the last stop being recorded and when the next inning should begin. I agree with that pace of play on that so that you're not spending five, six, seven minutes in between. That does add up over time. My issue with a pitch clock is this, starting to rush pitchers, to make pitches, I think there's going to be some arm issues there. I think you're going to see guys actually get, whether it's a, a shoulder issue or having a elbow issues, ACL type stuff, where um, they end up having to have Tommy John surgery. I think this is going to come back to bite uh, baseball in the behind here on this uh, because I believe it's going to force guys to make a pitch when they're not quite ready. And I, I think it's going to actually be a, a negative thing there.
1: Okay, that's, that's something that is interesting. I'm glad that I asked you that one because, yeah, I mean, I think baseball doing everything they can to speed up the game. I just think sometimes they just take too long to get, get to the point. But I, I, I definitely understand where some people say baseball is not football. It just the pace of
2: play is sometimes can drag no matter what you do. I'm okay with pace of play, but, you know, when Abner Doubleday invented baseball back in the 1850s, 1860s, you know, he didn't put a time clock on it. It's nine innings. And, you know, I've been to baseball games before where before my kids understood, you know, the innings and that sort of thing, they would ask how much longer is this game going to be? And I would say, you know, it's four more innings, five more innings, what have you. Well, how long is an inning? Well, an inning is three outs on each side. So it it, it is – not a game that there is an exact time frame on. You could say the average game is three hours or three hours and 15 minutes. My thing is this, and I'll look at it from a fan perspective. Yeah, I don't want to see guys lollygagging between innings and taking their sweet time to to go from being in the dugout back on the field or having made the last out to back on the field. I, I agree with that part of things. But think about it this way. You don't go and pay 20 or $30 for a ticket and at the end of that baseball game say, man, that was a great game. I just wish it had gone on quicker. Nobody says that. And if you do say that, you're not a real fan. That's just my opinion on it. So, <laughs> I mean,
0: you pay all that money
2: to go see a game. You want it to last as long as it can because it's an entertainment. You know, you're a fan of that team and you're being entertained and you're paying money for that entertainment. Now it's like they're trying to make it go quicker. You know, for what purpose? You know, People want to be out there and and see these things. So, um, and I'll I'll, I'll agree with you 100% on the defensive shift stuff. You know, I I don't want to see, you know, five outfielders or anything like that. I think that would be kind of silly, but I absolutely agree. If you're a left-handed hitter and they take the third baseman and move him over to basically between the second baseman and the first baseman as an extra infielder slash short outfielder, and you have one guy – Playing on the left side of the infield, and you can't drop down a bunt or go the opposite direction—that's on you. You know, that's on you for not being able to do that. And I'll I'll use this example: Freddie Freeman, um, always been one of my favorite players. Now with the Dodgers, of course, he was pretty good at going the opposite way when they would try to uh, use that defensive shift on him. He was probably one of the, the better ones at proving to them, you know, hey, I can go the opposite way. And your shift isn't gonna mean anything to me. Or he just put one in the seats and it didn't matter, so
1: <laughs> Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, you know, this is
1: they have a defense, you have to change your offense sometimes and just being a pull hitter all day is not gonna be winning baseball. Like even if they don't have a shift, the shift really makes it harder for you because there's no gaps. But you have a huge gap if you can hit it the other other way. Or drop down a bunt, go the other way, don't look for a pitch on the inside. It tests your skill set. And to me, by them taking away the shift, it, it basically is teaching someone you don't have to worry about, about it anymore because there is going to be no shift.
2: Yeah, and it kind of dumbs down the game, in my opinion, too. You know, it, it, makes, it over, makes it oversimplified. And, you know, the thing about baseball is, People who don't understand the game, they always look at it as, oh, it's just guys hitting the ball and they're running around the field. There's a lot more strategy involved to it than that. And I think when you have this, it really takes the strategy out of the game. You know, I mean, it really does. And, and, you know, if I'm a manager and I see a guy who is a, again, a left-handed hitter is typically who the shifts are on the most, who is a, for the most part, pool hitter, and now I can't defend against him probably hitting one on the ground or right at one of my fielders. Now he, now he gets the advantage because of a rule change to being able to get on base more. So they're really favoring the offense, I think, in this case.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with the defensive shift restriction. I really don't. I mean, hey, you're allowed to have nine players on the field at any point, and if eight of them want to be hovering around between first and second – so be it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so be it, you know, that's, that's what it is. That's where, like you said, to your point, it doves down the game. Like you're telling someone, Hey, now the shift is on. They can only have two guys on the infield. And that's on the, the second. The way to have it is on second base. You can only have two guys on the infield and this, the kicker, they beat, have to be on the dirt. So they can't even play on the outfield dirt the edge of the outfield dirt
2: yeah you know that definitely does uh, change the way that the game's going to be played going forward and you know here's the other thing too that I'll say you know these rules come in place and sometimes they make tweaks to them so we'll see how how things look after the first year or so if there's any talk of any tweaking or any changes to you know what's already been put in place starting for 2023.
1: Exactly. But I hope I hope they tweak that defensive shift restriction because I don't agree with it at all. You know that the shift is coming. Do something about your offense.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. What what yeah. else we have on tap here tonight? Yep, we got uh Nick Curios. You know, he's
1: he went to town and smashed up his his tennis racket, John McEnroe style. And he's been getting fine. He did it recently, and it was, it was a, my opinion, a pretty despicable display. It's hard to watch someone, a grown man, act like a two or three year old, you know, stuck up, spoiled little baby brat smashing their racket. It's tough for a grown me to watch a grown man doing that. And obviously, somebody along the way did not teach this man, Nick Kyrgios to handle his temper when he loses a tennis match. I get it. It's high pressure, but you have to be able to handle your situation and yourself better. Losing is part of being a professional. You win with grace, you lose with grace. I think these fines are not registering to him because he's obviously taking the fines. They're just subtracting it from his winnings. It's getting out of hand. I think the league needs to consider suspensions. I don't like John McEnroe all these, you know, temper tantrums, these two-year-olds acting like, I'm not a big fan of temper tantrums. Control yourself. Obviously, as a kid, somebody who was an adult did not teach you well enough to handle your emotions, and this is just a repeat of it. If you don't learn something as a kid, it just repeats itself as you get an adult, and that's what I see. A spoiled brat acting like a spoiled brat because they lost the game. Grow up, learn how to control yourself, and otherwise find another sport. Those are my thoughts on Nick Curios smashing his tennis racket. Do you have any opinion
2: on this? No, I, I tend to agree with that. I think that it's a little bit different in an individual sport like tennis or you know, golf where you're, play, you know, you're playing against other competitors. It's not a team sport. So I think with team sport, you can kind of high-best a little bit better. Um, but you know, think about uh, you know, Tiger Woods. If he had a, a bad shot that he took, and he just decided to, you know, throw his golf clubs into the into the water or, you know, start slamming down his uh, his clubs and breaking them in half. That's not going to look too good. So I agree. I, I think it, uh, you know, and, you know, you brought up a, a classic guy there too in, in, in John McEnroe. I think that some of his antics were, we, we, we see the commercials now where they kind of go back and use those things in more of a comical way. But, you know, I agree. I think that there's – there's limits on it. There's nothing wrong with getting upset. There's nothing wrong with getting mad. But I think when you get to the point where you're doing some of those things, you cross the line for sure.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. You know, you, you're a professional. Bad shots happen, whether it's golf or tennis, it's part of the game. No matter how great you are, Tiger Woods hit bad shots. You know, Roy McElroy hits bad shots. So did John McEnroe. You got to handle your emotion. Okay, it's part of it. That's what, you know, losing in grace and winning in grace are two things that you need to learn if you're going to be a professional. I think you need to grow up, maybe take some anger management or some therapy, but I'm tired of seeing those signs. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing it.
2: Yeah, no, that's totally understandable for sure. So, so we got some boxing news too. Uh, I want you to go ahead and go through that here tonight. Yeah. Yes. I did want to give you the boxing
1: news, and also did want to let you know that, yes, the latest news is Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, they're in discussions for a potential fight. I hope this fight does happen, and if I am Anthony Joshua, I'm counting my blessings because Anthony Joshua really doesn't, he didn't earn this fight and this opportunity. He actually came off a loss where Tyson Fury should be fighting his competitor, but The person he did want to fight, they couldn't come agreeance with the schedule. So lo and behold, Anthony Joshua had an opportunity Landed his his feet. I think Anthony Joshua should do everything in his power to take advantage of this opportunity and fight Tyson Fury for a big purse and a big fight that can really help his career. I still have Tyson Fury winning the fight. I don't think it's going to – I think Tyson Fury is going to win this fight convincingly, But I think it's a great opportunity for Anthony Joshua and count your blessings. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. That's what someone told me when it comes to just a blessing coming to you. (laughs) When a blessing just falls in your lap, never look a gift horse in the mouth. You have to look that one up to figure out the meaning of it. But this is a blessing that fell, and you just got to grab it and run with it. Take advantage of your opportunities. What do you think
2: about running with the opportunity, Aaron? Well, I think sometimes you only get one opportunity, so you have to take advantage of it. Um, I mean, you just never know when that opportunity is going to come. And, you know, we guy we talked about a lot on this show over the last couple of years is Tom Brady. Um, yeah. Most people, and I, I would say this, we probably have a fair amount of listeners who were not watching football or were not paying attention at all when Tom Brady first came into the league in 2001. And because they're young people, of course, Tom Brady got the... Opportunity to play because Drew Blitzo got a concussion early on in the 2001 season. Had that not happened, Tom Brady would probably be, you know, selling used cars right now. No one would have really known who he was unless you're a fan of the Michigan Wolverines football team because you would have remembered he played there. So taking advantage of the situation, kind of like you're talking about there, is he got his one and only chance, or at least that was what was perceived as his one and only chance And he's a guy who also told uh, Robert Kraft when they drafted him in 2000, like, you'll you'll definitely benefit from me being drafted by your team. And he spoke those things into existence. And look where he is now. He's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. So that one opportunity, had it not been for the concussion that Drew Bledsoe had and missing a lot of time and Brady coming in to take over as quarterback, again, history would have changed drastically had that not happened.
1: No, you're absolutely right. You know, you got to take advantage of the opportunity they presented to you because there is no guarantee that you're going to get A, that opportunity again, even the same opportunity, and B, you might get another opportunity, maybe, but it may not be quite as good as the one you passed on. So as Eminem said it best, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it? Or just let it slip. You've got to take advantage of opportunities in life when they are presented to you. Not only do you have to take advantage of them when they're presented to you, you also have to go out and try to create the opportunities too. But a hand, a bush in there, a bird in your hand is better than one in the bush.
2: Yeah, I think it's a uh, bird in the hand is, is worth two in the bush. Is that what it is? I've seen it before yeah. written out, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's more valuable to have one uh, uh, that you have possession of than two that are not in your possession is basically what that's saying. So that's a good point there.
1: Yeah, you got to take advantage of opportunities. I think Anthony Joshua should make this fight happen. I know he's saying that there's two dates. One is in early December. Hey, do what you got to do to make the fight happen because that's a great opportunity for you because Tyson Fury called you out. I saw it when he did it in Twitter. And I'm like, wow, that's a great opportunity for Anthony Joshua because, let's be frank, you're not in line to get that fight against him. Let's just call for what it is. You know, you've been on a losing streak to get a chance to fight for Britain and fight the guy that has all these belts. Man, you got to take advantage of the opportunity and go for it. Don't be afraid of the opportunity. Embrace it
2: yeah absolutely again you may not uh you may not get a second chance uh to to make that impression so well great show here tonight uh definitely want to thank our good buddy lou for uh for chiming in there at the top of the show our excellent sponsor chef G's barbecue sauce so delicious and addicting you may need a support group and hopefully everyone got a chance to buy um the four pack especially with the n f l season kicking off this weekend um you'll go through a bottle real quick uh when you are watching uh, great football on TV all weekend. So uh, anything else that you care to add here tonight?
1: Yeah, I did want to say for the BMW PGA championship, it got reduced down to 54 holes as respect out of Queen Elizabeth II. And now those 54 holes match up with Liv Golf is doing. That's the ironic thing. It's for a good cause. You know, definitely rest in peace again to Queen Elizabeth II and many condolences to her Entire family, the royal family, I know uh, everybody seemed like they they are taking it very hard. But, yes, and and definitely want to thank Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for being a great sponsor. You guys need to get that four-pack at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. Get a four-pack. You're going to love it. I need to order another four pack because my daughter pretty much ate all of the honey mustard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one too, by the way, they're all good. But of course that's one of my favorites is the honey mustard there. So um, now I'll be out next week. Uh, Alan will be flying solo um, as I've got a a different event that I'll be at here uh, this next Friday night, but two weeks from now we'll be back. We'll be that much closer to the end of the baseball regular season um, we'll also be, uh, what, two weeks, uh, almost three weeks into the NFL season. I will pass my picks along to Allen so that way he can get those on air um, next weekend. And, uh, of course, we'll be looking uh, at football, obviously, this entire uh, week and a lot of big news there. We'll probably be posting some stuff on our Facebook page uh, as well. And then Alan and I are going to be at an event together here in uh, early, uh, early October. We're not going to say what it is just yet just because we don't want to you know, spoil the surprise, but we are hoping to be able to uh, maybe land uh, an interview. Um, No guarantees, but we'll definitely do our best. And I want to thank everybody for listening here tonight on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio podcast. Have a pleasant evening, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. (laughs) Subscribe. Check out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.